Welcome back, welcome back to the Conscious Debriefing Podcast. I am your host, Jason Bat. Okay, tonight is actually the 10th of July. This is a recorded podcast um, that are going to be released, well, today. It's the 15th, if you're listening to this at 11 o'clock. And my special guest, my special guest tonight is Impia Kitamini. Who is Impia Kitamini? A lot of you have been asking that. Of course, a lot of you especially to those that I engage with on Facebook and that know who Impia Kitlamini is. But when I say who, I say who in inverted commas. Who is this mystery man? So yeah, before we get into the podcast, there's just a, a rundown quickly that on the, the topics that I want to talk to him about and to, and to why, why I want to ask him these questions is the last one. But uh, the first question I want to ask him is um, the China-Africa trade deals that's been going half far down the rabbit hole are we the second one would be about the crime and murder that gets ignored by police uh, and especially in the western cape area the third one will be about uh, south africa and the salary hikes um, the smallest that has been since 1971 and uh, then the fourth one will be about rwanda now impiaki has recently released um, an article on rwanda explaining how it's um, economic growth, how it's seen this economic growth and why, what they've done. So, yes, those are the few things that I want to talk about. Uh, so let's get into Let's get Impiaki on the line and then we take it from there. Lekker, man. I'll see you in a bit. Okay, okay. We are here. Um, Impiaki, my man, are you there? I'm here, man. How are you? 100%, my man. I am so... I appreciate, I'm so humbled that I, I've got you to come on my show. I appreciate it a thousand times, 100%. Lekker, my man. Uh, thank you for inviting me, man. Hundreds. Listen, bef- before we get into the podcast, um, did you did you listen to my podcast with Christoph Smuts last week? Uh, unfortunately, I didn't. I've been so but, busy. Yeah, no, 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 it's, yeah. no, it's understandable. No, no, of course, yes. Um, yeah. He contacted me today. He wants me, well, he wants me and you. Conscious Carrico, Clip Cop, Tammy Jackson, uh, to have a, like a collaboration. Mm. Do you, what do you think? Do you think it's a cool idea? Well, I, I don't know uh, everyone in the, on the list of people, but it did mention something to me. So uh, right now we just committed to have a conversation, like just to have a chat. Yeah, so no. we'll see. Yeah. But that's something to look forward to. I think I'm gonna I'm gonna tell Christoph Smuts. Oh, let's do it. Uh, he said he's gonna set it up for me, and then we can. Maybe in the future. I won't say next week. Maybe maybe two weeks from now we can have this uh, collaboration. Sounds like an awesome idea. Well, uh, we'll, we'll see about the collaboration going forward. But I just uh, right now it's just a chat. Like we'll have a chat and we'll talk. We'll see. Hundred yeah. percent. Okay, Impiaki. The question that everyone's been asking: um, Who is Impiaki Damini? <laughs> Go ahead, my man. The floor is yours. Uh, so uh, I am an anarcho-capitalist uh, in terms of my political sort of philosophy or a non-political philosophy because it's the absence of government. So I, I guess it's not, it's not, yeah, 
So it's a, I'm a narco-capitalist from Matadeni in KwaZulu-Natal. Mm-hmm. That's where I grew up. Uh, that's where I spent most of my life before I, I left, obviously, to go to school and now work in Johannesburg and all these other places. So uh, initially, I in, in about 2009, I went to UCT to study. And I found, unfortunately, I didn't complete my degree because I just I just failed. Like, it's... Uh, there's not even a, a way to spin it. I, I failed, so I didn't complete my degree, and then the UCT kicked me out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, a part of the reason that I, this, this is unconfirmed, but there may have been or may have not been uh, some herbs involved, like uh, of the intoxicating variety. But that's another. This story for another day. I went back home. Um, I started. I actually got introduced to programming while I was at university because yeah. I, I saw, I, I saw, I, I, I saw a program. I saw a computer program for the first time at university. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Doing, it was it was a physics class, first year undergrad physics. Yeah, and yeah. So the, yeah, it was a, it was it was in Python. Funny enough, the language I ended up falling in love with. Yeah, and yeah, so yeah. So when I got back home, I just started learning as much as I could. So I didn't have internet back home back then. So I just, I had a lot of stuff downloaded from UCT. So I just looked at those, um, uh, looked at those uh, PDFs and videos that I downloaded at UCT. Yeah, yeah. yeah, And just, and just learned programming and spent a lot of time doing it up until to the point where I was comfortable using the language, but I still couldn't build software because like, you know, using a language and and, uh, like to build, to, to write like shots, pieces mm. of code is different from building software. And so eventually I hooked up with another guy from Newcastle, Miton Pinar, who I consider to be my mentor. And he taught me for no charge. He taught me for how to build uh, websites and software and things like that. Yeah, that's and awesome. Then, uh, that's I would, awesome. I would be over for, yeah, I would be forever grateful to him. And then eventually I got a, I got a job in Cape Town to do programming. And then that's, uh, I suppose the rest is history. There's a lot of other things like, you know, before I also, I've also worked at ESCOM as a water operator, water plant operator. Mm-hmm. I've, worked at a, I've worked at the casino as a, as a dealer, as a tables dealer. I've done a whole bunch of other things, but yeah, I, I last year I did a data, I, I was at the data science academy and that's what I'm focused on now, data, data science. And data yeah, you, you, that's right. You're in data science with the free market foundation. Yes, yes, yes. So that's, uh, that's what I'm focused on right now: data science and data analysis. Like it's, uh, yeah. just that's awesome, man. That is something to be proud of, eh? Yeah, yeah. no, I, 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 I am, I am proud of of what I've been able to do. But like you know, you know, obviously, I want to do much more. <laughs> of course, yes. We all uh, want to do no. more. I mean, there's every day there's different challenges for us on the table. Yeah, exactly. It's 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 one of the brilliant things about being alive and being a human being is that uh, you you have you can you get to apply yourself. Often it's 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 horrifying. Like you 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 are you are you are you are drained. You are challenged. You are mentally exhausted. You are depressed, and all yeah. of these things. But so, the payoff is always worth it. So 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 you would agree you are an individual. Yes, I am. No doubt. Without a shadow of a doubt, I am 100%, but we're all individuals striving to do better each day. 100%, my man. Exactly. I, I am the only one with the goals that I have. No one else has the same goals that I have. I am the only one who can come up with the plans I come up with. Other people have their own goals and come up with their own plans. So definitely an individual. Yeah, of course. I mean, being a collective, being in a collective five, I mean, I, I don't see any way forward for, for those people that are in the Collector 5. 
coming out and being an individual this is exactly mm. what we are trying to strive for yes that's 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 where i i think a, a big part of the problem is that we haven't had a philosophy of individualism that has taken roots in africa it has sort of been whenever uh, South africans have done liberalism in the past or currently it has been imposed from either from outside or from the top down from governments and mm, like mm. so we 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 need we need a culture of individualism. That's that's where yeah. that's how you make it you make it sustainable. Definitely. One hundred percent, my man. One hundred percent. All right, let's get into it. Let's get into our first question. Um yeah. how far how far down this rabbit hole have we gone with uh, this China Africa trade? Now there's a there's a picture here that I that I shared, yeah. Um mm. can you see it? Yes, I can. Okay. Quite scary when I look at these numbers. Quite, quite scary. I mean, rumor has it. Okay, I know it's just a rumor, but it's mm. definitely something worth looking into. Um, now, because of all the loans that uh, we have made with China, the interest mm. that's going back to China, they mm. are getting people to open businesses with the interest SA pays on the loans. I, I, yes. I don't know. I don't know. Is, is, is that a rumor or is that just speculation? Well, well. Uh, uh, let me understand first. What's what's your fear? Like, what's your fear there? What's what's the problem? <laughs> Look, we these loans, I mean, what is it supposed to do to us? What is it supposed to do to our economy? Isn't it supposed to help our economy? Okay, this is uh this is the thing. Like any any government loan uh by I by default, I assume that it's not going to be helping me. So every, every time every time yeah, government exactly. takes a loan, it's just more taxes for me and my children in the future. So it's not it's not meant to help us. It's it's not meant to happen. It's just getting scary. I mean, we've heard the rumors. I'm just trying to think now of that country, Zambia or Zambezi. No, I don't know what it is, but it, they had a TV broadcasting station. Mm. And when China wanted their loan back, when the country failed to pay back the loan, mm. China just took over that TV broadcasting station. Yeah. Have you heard of that? I can't remember which country it was now. Well, I may not have heard of that. Oh, yes. I, it, I think it was Zambia. Z- Zambia, that's it, yeah. So, so look, look, look. For me, like it's um, if if uh, so the South African state loses some of its property to the Chinese state, like I, I, I don't see how it makes much difference because it's still like I mean, it's not like any South African is happy that there's a South African government controls all these SOEs, controls all these properties. That's it's right. Not, it's, it's it's not benefiting us anyway. And I, 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 I would hope that the Chinese would have. Uh, would run it on more business-like principles than our government is doing. That, that's right, yeah. Yeah. So for me, like, I, I don't, I, I am really not scared of China at all. I mean, the more trade, Africa needs more trade. So that that's the first part of it. I mean, there, there are two parts of this. The first is the is the, is, the, is the trade between Chinese citizens and African citizens, and then the which is we should not scare us at all. It's, it's completely what they think that we need in right now. The part that might be a little bit more scary is the. Inter- financial inter- the interactions between the governments of China and our governments mm-hmm. because that's where the loans that are being offered and things like that. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm with you. Sorry, my phone is just ringing now, so I just can't leave now. It's fine. No, but yeah, so that's, that, that should scare us. Like, it's uh, the fact that uh, our government is taking on all these loans with China and everything else. That's We don't know what the ultimate goal of that is. And 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 what and how what sacrifices we will have to make as taxpayers to make good on those debts? Hundred percent. Yeah. So that's so that's your feeling on this China Africa trade. I mean, we've all got mixed emotions. Um, 
I don't know what Ramaphosa has got installed for us. There's been hundreds of articles coming out. In fact, there was two today that came out that Christoph shared. Uh, I read mm. a bit about it, but but yeah, it remains to be seen if it's speculation or not. We don't know. Mm. Only only time can tell what what lies ahead for us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. know yeah, it's uh, governments are generally scary things. I mean, that's why I'm an anarchist because governments are. Uh, if you look, if you just look at all the biggest massacres in history, it was always the, uh, some states leading that. It's never been private individuals deciding to kill each other. Mm. Well, uh, private individuals don't kill each other, but it's usually the states that does it at an industrial scale. And well, China being an authoritarian uh, state that it is, I mean, <laughs> nothing, yeah, exactly. no, nothing surprises me. <laughs> hey. And, and the, the, guy who, the guy who was running China up until the 70s, Mao, killed something like 60 million people, if I'm not mistaken. That, that's, that's, that's right, yeah. That's, 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 that's crazy. That's and crazy. The fact that the fact that he's not considered on the same level of evil as Hitler, or even more, because he killed much more people, it, 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 it's incredible to me. Mm, yeah, 100%. Uh. Yeah. Coming back home, um, yeah. I, I never mentioned it. Yeah, I mentioned it in my introduction. There is crime and murder, but yet the police ignore it. Um, now, I saw this article on on Facebook. Now I know we shouldn't always believe what what people on Facebook say, but yeah. it's just interesting to to read you what she said. I'm going to read it out quickly. We have a low intensity war yet. The DA, okay, sorry, sorry that I mentioned the DA. All the DA supporters out there will not request a state of emergency for Western Cape. The constant moaning about lack of police or own police is cheap politics, whilst our community is being killed. The murder rate is 22. Again, I don't know if that's true. A day to which, uh, uh, to which is a crisis. If not, young lives are lost to maintain face. Yeah. The time for cheap populist is done. Our community cannot pay for their lives for voting for politically bankrupt organizations like the DA. Where the DA governs, the murder rate is the highest in the country. Wow, that's, that's quite a mouthful, eh? Yeah. Well, it's uh, I I am like I'm very like it's I, I criticize the, the DA a lot. If you look at just my Facebook page and some of my rational articles, you will see I criticize the, the DA quite severely. But on this one issue, I mean, it's I, I feel it's a bit unfair to criticize them too much because what 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 are they supposed to do? Because policing is a national government centralized function in South Africa. That's, that's they, right, yeah, that's right. It's. Uh, it's a, it's a if, if if you want to direct your anger at someone like the the, the 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 national government that we currently have has done everything possible to centralize policing powers under the SAMs. If if it's it, from doing things like you know uh, getting rid of the commandos and stuff like that, they 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 have really they, they are the ones who have really made things difficult. And now they want to restrict private security in terms of what the what fire, fire, firearms they can carry and things like that. Mm. So you see that they, they are not on our side. Yeah, that's right. Uh, I mean, I know the police can only do so much, but lots of rumors have been surrounding that the DA has only got so much power over the, the police force. So they, they, they really don't have much power. Like they, they, their service is... They, well, they are. They have some input into get who gets appointed uh, provincial police commissioner in the Western Cape. So mm. they, 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 yeah, they have some input there. But other, other than that, they can do very little. And so they, I, I, I mean, you can criticize them fairly. For, for example, in the municipalities that they run, 
maybe the the metropolis should do less traffic stops and more mm. extra law enforcement so that's that's a valid criticism but i mean in terms of that that will only be a a, a helpful measure but it will be a stopgap one it won't won't deal with the problem in its totality because the resources are just not there yeah, true. But for someone to say that that should be declared as a state of emergency, yes, those are harsh words, eh? Well, it's, uh, I think crime in South Africa generally has reached uh, emergency proportions. If we just look at uh, violence, the murder rates, uh, and compared to the rest of the world, we, 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 are, we, are, we are living in a, cri- in a crisis situation. Yeah, no. But I, 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 it's to declare a state of emergency, it would be... Um, maybe might be helpful, but uh, what would also be helpful is just to change policy, to dedicate more resources to resources to SEPs. I mean, the, like if you look at the government budgets in South Africa, mm. the parts that are, that are declining are, the, are they exactly the parts that should be the core function of government. So defense they, they are, is declining in real terms, a police is declining in real terms, justice, which means which includes the courts, is declining in real terms. But what is growing in real terms is things like welfare and stuff like that. So we are being, uh, government uh, core functions are being sacrificed at the altar of welfare. Mm, yeah, true. Welfare, welfare is quite huge. I mean, it's about 16 million people that's on social grants, if I'm not mistaken. Exactly, and ma- and many more people who use welfare services. Like social grants are actually as the smallest part of the problem. The biggest part of the problem are welfare services like uh, healthcare, uh, education, and stuff like that. That's where the 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 actual uh, big problem is, is because it's like I think last time I checked, it was two hundred and uh, something, two hundred and seventy billion or somewhere around there for for social grants. And then the, the total welfare budget for this year was one point one trillion. So social grants are a small part of it. Sure, flipping out, scary stuff, eh? I don't know. Um, all I know is that the one thing that's going to stop the violence in this country is education. Uh, not education, jobs. Sorry, I mean jobs. Yeah. yeah if if, yeah. if jobs are back yeah. on the table, you know, then then slowly but surely, uh, violence can stop, and then reform programs can be put into place to try and no. curb curb down this violence that's been happening. And and yes, unfortunately, Cape Town is seeing uh, the highest crime rates uh, in South Africa at the moment. Mm. And it's uh, the important thing to note about Cape Town is that even though they have quite a, a high crime and violence rates, it's, 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 it's concentrated in certain parts of Cape Town. I, I personally find Cape Town overall to be safer than Johannesburg, for example. Yeah, I know you're right. Like the Cape Flats and the Plain, yeah. uh, all those areas where the gangsterism is quite high, I know. I mean, I, yeah. I used to live in Cape Town myself and the gangs that I could remember back from those days were the Americans and the Dixie Boys. Uh, quite, quite a huge list of the gangs that's of, uh, that's in Cape Town. Yeah, I know. Uh, we, we need to, and also, government should just stop trying to regulate the private security industry because they are. I mean, one of the things that uh, is hardly talked about is the fact that the police commissioner admitted to Parliament that they cannot fulfil their functions, that they cannot fulfil their mandates. And mm. So, in, in that scenario, restricting private security even more than what they are doing now is is insanity. Restricting gun ownership is insanity. Yes, it scenario. is. It's if insanity. The police, if the police cannot f- fulfill their functions, then the obvious thing is to let citizens protect themselves. Yeah, oh, of course, hundred percent. And I have been talking about it even my last week's podcast. I mean, self defense is something that we need to uh, teach ourselves about. 
We need to learn. Yeah. And if and if you don't want to use a gun, you don't have to use a gun. You can always use sure. pepper spray or there's there's other methods for self defense, but but it's very very important. And one of the uh, points that the capitalist party was making during his campaign is that even if um, not everyone chooses to get a gun, but the mere fact that it's it's more uh, gun ownership is more uh, is easier for people for ordinary people, then it raises the risk for criminals, and then you will get less crime mm. because criminals are not stupid; they assess risk just like everyone. But dude, criminals are getting clever and clever. Um... I've said this before in previous podcasts, you know, uh, like a robbery, for example, when, when they plan robberies, it's, yeah. a, it's a career. It's a full-time career. You, there's guys out there sure. that have got a different positions. Uh, sure. one, one guy will stand at the gate and monitor. Yeah. He, gets yeah. a, he gets a certain amount of salary. Then you've got the guy that stands inside uh, that monitors everything. He gets a salary. Then you guys actually come in, drive in, uh, get in the shop and do the robbery. It's all they all got base salaries. It's there's a, like a whole structure involved with 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 these criminal syndicates. Well, it it just shows you that's how spontaneous order works, doesn't it? Even though it, it's it's working against us right now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. It, it shows us that uh, like you know uh, profitable enterprises, for lack of a better for lack of a better expression, uh, can just uh, will pop up uh, or, or, or without any government. Uh, Without any without any input from government, they can just pop up and run profitable businesses. And so, if we were allowed the same freedoms, if we were allowed to voluntarily form associations to protect ourselves, get guns, get private security, and all of those things, I think the situation would be much more equalized because we are co- capable of exactly the same organization that the criminals are capable of. Yeah, exactly. I mean, but what what's nice to see. Is um like car hijackings, for example. There's been a number of videos uh, on YouTube and Facebook where the guys will come up with their guns and they want to, you know, hijack the car. The mm. people stay in their car and they will put the car in reverse and then ram the car behind them. That that is the awesome. That is the the type of stuff that we need to see. And then the rest of South African citizens need to follow in that and say, you know what, the time of being scared, the time of having all this fear, is is finished. No more fear. Yeah. If you're gonna, no, yeah. No, I, I agree with you 100%, man. Yeah, that hmm. is, but 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 there's a caveat to that. Like, the problem is, government is just making it harder for us to defend ourselves. So you you know, uh, ramming 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 a, a, a hijacked car with your car is, is is a good thing if you are able to pull it off. But then criminals will start learning. They will start learning that so what not to do to avoid those kind of no, situations. No, they do. Unfortunately, you're right there because I'm yeah. in the security industry and every time when we we think we clamp down on these criminals, they will think up something else. Yeah, no, it's yeah. Uh, you, you, you just cannot avoid gun ownership for, for law-abiding citizens. That's, that's the ultimate factor for me. It's if you allow gun ownership and allow the uh, death will spawn or organization. Like, for example, some communities in South Africa cannot afford private security. I was lucky enough to live in a community that, that can afford to, uh, to pull together and get private security, but many communities can't afford to do that. And so what, what, what do those people do? If, if you allow uh, legal gun ownership to be, to make legal gun ownership as easy as possible, yeah. and those people will be able to uh, organize among themselves, uh, form neighborhood watches, protect themselves, uh, patrol their neighborhoods and do all of those things. Right now, for example, you have communities, poor communities, pro, uh, patrolling using uh, nobkiris and yes. uh, you know it's it's 
and and you know like it's a, a, um, you've got on them for taking proactive action but it's not enough no 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 will do nothing against someone carrying an ass <laughs> I, 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 I know <laughs> look another thing that I, i read on facebook recently um yeah. a woman she moved into a house um yeah and then one night she heard the shooting in a neighbor's yard so so she got up and she went to neighbor and she said what's going on why why are you yeah. shooting why are you shooting no i'm just shooting my gun in the air so she said but why oh no that's just to ensure that uh the, the rent that i pay you know the bond that i'm paying off is just kept at a lower price <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm, i'm serious i thought that was this was hilarious but but, he, but he's right in saying so so shooting the gun in the air it's declaring yeah. the area that he's living in a dangerous uh, area So, yeah. of, so of course the, the rental or your payments is going to be low yeah. yeah property values will lower because there's a perception that it's an it's an it's a less safe area <laughs> it's, it's crazy how people can just use this to their advantage eh? now it's uh, it shows that it's, I, again I, i keep saying this man like it shows the ingenuity of people that that enables spontaneous order the ingenuity of individuals that yes. enables spontaneous order yeah oh flip it's crazy man all right yeah. to the next question um yeah. South Africa has seen salary hikes the smallest uh where am I now? the smallest since 1971 and increases for civil servants have halved the public has no knowledge of this what can we do to make the public aware of this i mean south africa salaries rose uh, by 4.7% on average last year the smallest hike since records have begun private sector salaries rose by 4.5% while civil servants received hikes of 5.3%, almost half the 10.7% rate in 2017. Again, well, an- I, another I, mouthful. I have, no, I have no sympathy for the civil servants because they're already paid way too much. But for, for the private sector, it's just a symptom of, a, of a, 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 an economy that is undergoing a lot of heads now. Yes. Unfortunately. I yeah, know it's a, a, a part of it will be uh, the economy that's going under a lot of heads uh, because of government policies but also there's the part where it's just the the inflationary effects flaring through because the elephant in the room that no one hardly ever talks about is the fact that oh, we we use manipulated money and we have no other choice but to use that money because of central banking and so that's <clears throat> yeah no sure. well look uh, yeah Uh, I was about to say, and that's because we use um, this manipulated money, this inflation that is created by central banks, and the people who receive the money first are not the people who who are in the middle class. It's usually your financiers, people who who trade on the JSE, the banks, and so on and so on. Mm-hmm. And so these 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 people will 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 tend to get higher increases in the value of their assets, and then by the time it gets to the middle class, the inflationary effects have fed through, and then you get lower increases. It's the same story that you see in the USA, but here it's going to be much worse because we have other economic issues uh, because of government policy, and so it's just—it's uh, not a surprise, man. It's uh, unfortunate, but it's not a surprise. It's not a surprise at all. I mean, with with yeah. everything going on, with people talking about socialism and communism yeah. going on, it's and then of course the other word uh, that uh, the report, Renegade report, use a lot the NDR. Their involvement. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's, the, it's the most every. It's the most important thing everyone needs to know about. The NDR is real. And, yeah, we can't we can't bury our heads in the sand about it. We have to face it head on. But that's the thing. A lot of a, not a lot of people know about the NDR. They don't even know of the ex- existence. 
Yep, it's uh, and and the and the people who are championing the NDR, which is the SACP, they have been open yes. about it. <laughs> yes, we just to ignore them. Yeah. Yeah, hundred percent. Well, look, those are just a few uh, that we've that I've mentioned now that South Africa has yeah. experienced over the years. My yeah. reasons for bringing that to light was to express the deep concern we are going forward because um, of our populism has taken face in our country. Um, yeah, and, and you see, uh, virtually every sorry to interrupt. Me, no, no, go ahead. Every, uh, virtually every stats, whether you're looking at. Uh, salaries like you did but also in, in immigrate emigration emigration rates and they've, they've accelerated massively and uh, executives and uh, all of these people are leaving yes uh, the, yes. The, the exodus the exodus of investment from south africa and things like that mm. our sleep on the economic freedom rankings in the world ours our sleep in terms of gdp in terms of uh, capital formation there are many 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 indicators showing that we are in, in we are heading in precisely the wrong direction, but government persists in the in the policy path they've chosen. It it boggles the mind. Yeah, that's big time, man. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know. Look, um, you recently released an article. I think I think I saw it on News Twenty Four. You just check uh, about uh, Rwanda. Yeah. Quite quite interesting stuff there. Um, and you recently also had a radio. Talk show, not a talk show. Was was yeah, it a radio? Interviewed on SAFM. Yeah, I was interviewed that, on SAFM. That, that's uh, right. I, that. I I had to listen to that. You wanna you wanna shoot it? You wanna go ahead? Give the listeners out there what 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 you guys have discovered. So, uh, like uh, before before I get into, I, I must make the point that you know, Rwanda is something that we should uh, emulate completely. They, I mean, they in terms of economic policy, they have some very very good policies. Mm-hmm. But in terms of uh, civil liberties, they they perform pretty dismally, and mm-hmm. so it's not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not arguing that we should become Rwanda. Yeah, I'm yes, just yes. saying that in terms of their economic policies, which are some of the policies that South Africa used to have, by the way. They, no, we they, did they, back back in Mbeki's times. We had the same policies, yeah. Exactly. Some of the yeah, exactly. So we, we it's because of those policies that they've implemented by deregulating their economy, making it easier for business to operate in Rwanda. Uh, they've shot up in, in the small business index. They are now ranked 29th in the small business index uh, wow. in the world. Wow, that's awesome. Uh, yeah, and uh, it's brilliant. And then South Africa is ranked 82nd. So yeah. You can imagine <laughs> where you're going, yeah. Yeah, and, and remember, uh, President Ramaphosa, I saw something today where he said that he wants South Africa to be in the top 50. And I'm like, okay, yes, okay, top 50 is good, but it's not it's not nearly ambitious enough. And we are heading in the wrong direction. It's not like the policies that he's, he, has, uh, he has personally championed, like the national minimum wage, uh, the other sorts of regulations, ECWC, mm. Reserve Bank nationalization, all of those things will, will, make, will, will bring about exactly the opposite of his stated goals. And Rwanda has, has managed to grow at a, an average rate of nine percent. Wow. Well, since since the year two thousand, so the, this is it, it's a, it's an incredible story because it shows that exactly the kind of policies that um, we have been championing, like the, the the free market policies, they actually work, and mm. because they have been proven in Rwanda. And I, I have an interesting quote from you for you from uh, from uh, the, the, the the deputy chairperson of the Rwanda Development Board. Yeah, yeah. When, when he was asked about their construction reforms, which I will talk about just now, Go when ahead. he was asked about their, their construction reforms, he said that the, the goal of, of Rwanda is to become a private sector-led economy. Mm. Now, when have you ever heard a South African politician ever say that? <clears throat> no, he can't. Not yet. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
and and the construction reforms themselves, what sped that on was because the reason they scored they scored twenty nine in the ease of doing business in the which is spectacular and second and second in Africa only to Mauritius at number twenty. But uh, there is a, they could have scored much higher if not if not for their construction industry. Their construction industry is ranked hundred and sixth in the world in sure. terms of ease of doing business. And so they have decided to focus on that and do and make reforms, make it easier for people to to get involved in the construction sector, to start projects, to finish projects. So their goal is to cut down is to cut down the time necessary to approve permits for construction projects. Mm. And so they are going they are going at it all out. And and they are one of the most interesting uh, governments to observe on how they go about things. Whenever they see a problem, they look at it in, in, a, in a rational way. I wouldn't say that the Rwandan government is liberal by any sense, but they look at the they look at their situation in a rational way and say, okay, we have this problem. We're not attracting enough investment. Mm. What are the business people that we want to attract saying about this? And so, and then, and then what our own local business people saying is their main problem. Okay, and then once they've listened to the people that they want to attract to invest in the country, they just do it. They just implement the reforms. Mm, mm, mm. And so, yeah, and one and one of the things that people say is that oh no, we can't same reforms in the way they did because they they are an authoritarian country, and so those reforms here will be resisted. And I think it's a lousy excuse because under Tabumpeg, we saw that a lot of if, uh, pro-market reforms were implemented while South Africa was still is still a democracy. So there's, I don't see the excuse there. It, it doesn't make sense to me. No, true, it doesn't. Yeah. But, but we know why. Because of the current phase that we're in, phase two at the moment of the NDRS plans. Yeah. Oh. Unfortunately, yeah. But in, and, 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 and the NDR itself, I think, I feel it can be defeated, but it, it can only be defeated by investors themselves. They need to realize that they, they, the NDR can't happen without their, their content because the people who are pushing the NDR are mm. very careful not to scare away uh, mm. private sector investment too fast. Look, I think that, that that's exactly what, what Christoph was uh, saying in the two links that he shared. And I'm going to share those two links on my description at, at the end yeah. of this podcast. So that people can also, but, but but I also want to share your article if it's okay with you. Can so, I share that too? I'm, I'm going to oh, share that's too. Brilliant. Uh, that's why I wrote it to be shared as widely as possible. <laughs> and I'm going to share your webpage. Is that also okay? okay. Oh, perfect, man. Thanks. I'm going to share your webpage. But yeah, this yeah. is this is the things that people need to read. And you're right. I mean, this is the reason why I'm doing this podcast. Up, so that people need to hear, need to hear, and start talking about it. The more we talk about it, the more people become self-aware. Yes, your your yes. conscious becomes self-aware because because that's the yes. thing, uh, the majority of people in rural areas they're not even fully aware of what's going on out there. They're just accepting their handouts, accepting the freebies. Yeah, no, I, I, and just to, now that you mentioned rural areas, I, I I want to mention something interesting that uh it's 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 uh you you, you it's basically uh you are getting um a preview of my latest article which hasn't been published yet but i've been doing some research awesome. into in, into poverty in south africa and what i found is that the biggest poverty problem in south africa is is in rural areas and not just in rural areas but specifically in the areas where communal land yep. so this shows so this shows you the importance of titling and it ties into rwanda as well because what rwanda has done since between 2009 and 2013 they titled 11 million p- parcels of land. Wow. 
Yeah, and, 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 and they did that because they recognized that uh, property rights are essential to lifting poverty, people out of poverty. And as they did that, what happened was, an interesting happened there in Rwanda, was that between 2011 and 20, 2013, after the program had started, government revenues from property taxes, from land taxes, increased fivefold because wow. they cycled so much land. And then the other thing that happened was uh, the, the proportion of people who are food insecure went from 85% to 65%. So the, the, that, was, that, that correlated to a massive drop in poverty in a very short space of time, just because, just from titling alone, just titling communal land. And so now in South Africa, we have, we have a lot of communal land in KZN, yes. Eastern Cape, yeah, the, East, the Eastern Cape, and, uh, and, and Limpopo. And um, so those... Yeah, carry on, yeah. Uh, so and those three provinces are exactly the, the the poorest provinces in the country. It just so 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 this it, it like it's just it's 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 one of those things that is a no brainer because if you look at the poverty numbers, uh, the the proportion of of poor of, of people who are poor in 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 commun on, on communal land, uh, the proportion of poor people living on communal land is twenty percent. Mm. So uh, what I mean by that is that the 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 out of all the poor people in South Africa, 43% of them live on communal land. Mm -mm. And, yeah, okay. and, and this communal land is not even there. It doesn't make up the majority of the country, not by any means. By, not by, yeah. But I mean, the ANC too, they've got all this land that's supposed to go to these reform programs, but nothing seems to be happening with this land that's a, that, that, you know, that the ANC's got in their pockets. They don't believe in property rights. That's their problem. They, they 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 believe in leases and things like that. The people who seem to be getting the title deeds from the land reform program in South Africa are people who are politically connected. Surprise, yes. surprise. Yes, of course, sir. Yeah. You know, I, I went to Mshlanga Rocks in March. I had to go help with a macro opening there. And it was amazing to see the infrastructure that was going down by Omslanga, the by the beachfront by itself. Yeah. I mean, you'd see a crane there and a crane there. They were busy building yeah. buildings. But then look at the rest of Durban. I mean, KZN. The, the, that's one of the highest poverty areas in, in South Africa, yeah. KZN. And I, and I, yeah, I asked myself this question. Yeah, where? Oh, sorry, I asked yeah. myself this question. Where does all that money come from for all this infrastructure? And yeah. we and we complain that the current infrastructure in South Africa is bad and weak. I'm talking about potholes mm. and stuff like that. But Umschlanger Rocks was booming. It's it's becoming it's becoming a little sentence. Yeah, it's a a, a lot of it. It has to do with property rights. Of course, you uh, there'll be other problems, but property rights are, are are fundamental to lifting people out of poverty. I don't see how you can do it without giving people property rights. I mean, and EWC is the exact opposite of that policy. Yeah. I can guarantee you. From the research that I've done, if government implements EWC, the poverty problem in South Africa can only worsen. There's no other way. I mean, the, the research is clear on this. Of course, I mean, I've I've done videos uh, last year, no, two years ago, about land expropriation, and I've, there's been videos being displayed of how people get the farms, but then there's no funds. They can't make bank loans because they don't have title deeds. So, yeah. slowly but surely, the farm just decays. Yeah. Because no, it's, it's really, I, I mean, like we should stop talking about EWC as if it's a, it's a thing that we're just going to harm uh, uh, Mr. Van der Merwe on his farm in the Free State, which is, it, it is true, but like the people that's going to harm the most are poor people in KZN, mm. Eastern Cape, Limpopo, 
mm. even in, 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 in Gauteng to a lesser extent. So the people that would be harmed most by this are people who are already under the poverty line. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And we should we should start making that clear to people that it's not it's not it's not it's not that you are getting your you are you are getting your revenge against the white man or whatever. You are actually hurting the people that you are supposed to be helping. Yeah, exactly. True. I, I see I see the Free Market Foundation will host a economic uh, freedom audit between the seventeenth and nineteenth July. And yes. there will be five sessions representing the five areas of the uh, EFW. Yeah. You want to speak more about that? When, yeah, when's, so, where is it going to so be? It, uh, it will be held at the Free Market Foundation offices on uh, 170 Kazan Road, uh, building number five. So that's where it will be held. And uh, it's uh, it's going to be a session, a focus session, uh, where where the, the, the chair of each session, there are five chairs, which are people like Bonang Mohale, who is, who is the ex-CEO of Business Leadership South Africa. Uh, Rex van Skalwijk is one of the other chairpersons. He is the former Supreme Court judge, he, uh, Supreme Court of South Africa. And you also have Ras Lambeti. I think you might know him as well. Uh, no, I'm not sure. No, no, I haven't heard his name, no. Okay, Ras Lambeti, is, uh, he, he, he wrote a... Uh, uh, he's also an anarcho-capitalist and he's a, an Australian economist. Uh, living in, in Cape Town, he wrote a uh, he co-wrote a book on Zimbabwe and the inflation there and what caused it. Mm. So he's a he's a pretty interesting guy. Uh, you someone you might like to have on your uh, podcast at some point. But anyway, yeah. So yeah, he'll be chairing the uh, sound money uh, session, the session on sound money. Rex mm-hmm. Van Skalvek will be chairing chairing the session on the rule of law and property rights. Bonang uh, yes. Mohale will be uh, chairing the session on freedom to trade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then uh, uh, Professor Robert Vivian from VES will be chairing the session on regulations. So listeners, there you have it. <coughs> go and go and join there. I mean, go and join the free market's uh, uh, office in, where is it, Granberg, eh? Uh, so they first have to register. They have to go to the free market foundation, freemarketfoundation.com and register for the event. And then they can come, yeah, come through and join us for the, yeah, for the event. It should be interesting. 100%. I'm going to also add that. I'll add that link into um yeah man this this has been this has been an interesting podcast yeah no, thanks thanks for having me on again bro like it's it's been good i've enjoyed chatting to you 100 percent. don't go away i just want to do my closing and then okay. i'm gonna cut off and then we'll just say, say goodbye there after okay sure. to my listeners out there um my podcast is available on spotify google podcasts uh apple pocket cost this is uh broadcasted on anchor fm and I will also have it on my YouTube channel, which Monday, every Monday at 11 a.m. I post my podcast. So, yeah, guys, this has been a mouthful. It's been interesting. Uh, Mbiaki, pleasure, my man. I, I really appreciate you coming on again. Yeah, thank you for having me and, on, bro. And, and, and yeah, I'll, I'll chat with you again. I'll, 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 I'll check up with Christo, Christoph and the rest and see if they are keen to having the future collaboration uh, will be lekker okay guys oh, that's, that's, cheers that's perfect, yeah. lekker perfect. thanks sure. thanks eh?